Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, everyone. Before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle is created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History final. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate Sunday Scaries podcast brought to you by our good friends at Indeed, Bet Online, and Monkey Knife Fight. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined by my brother out in Chicago, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, second to last week of the regular season, a lot of chaos, and the 49ers somehow won. Yeah, it was a chaotic weekend. It was awesome. Obviously, it's sad we only have one full Sunday left after this week, but it was a great Sunday, even great Saturday. You throw in that. 
uh, 49er Arizona game, which came down to the wire. The Dolphins Raiders game feels like 10 days ago at this point. And today with some of the games going on, it was awesome. I felt on top of the world uh, after the early slate hitting like every bad had the Steelers live too. And then the late slate really just dragged me. So I'm, I'm feeling quite humbled right now. You and our producer, Alex, were, were starting the group chat about Colt Steelers. He's a big Steelers fan. I, I tweeted out there. I was golfing, so I was, I was following along on my phone, watching through Red Zone and caught, like, the end. And when the Colts were up 21-7 at halftime, I literally said to myself, I was like, wow, this is, like, this is going way too easy. Colts was such a square play. I said on the Bigham podcast, I gave it out. And I liked it because just like maybe Vegas is not accounting for how far off a cliff Big Ben seems to have fallen. And then that that whole script flipped. I mean, I just let myself think of that. And that was that. Yeah, it was, it was a tale of two halves, really. And I mean, not even two halves, basically like a quarter and a half where the Steelers actually started to look competent. You know, I've said for weeks now their whole offense is throwing the ball at the line of scrimmage or like two yards above. And they kept doing it through most of the first half and halfway through third quarter. And they finally started airing it out on offense and they had success. They hit Deontay Johnson on the long touchdown. They kind of swung the game because prior to that, it was 24 to seven. Felt like the Colts had all the momentum. Steelers had a nice drive. They got stuffed on the, or they got stopped on the fourth and goal. And it felt like the game was over from there, but the defense held and then they got the ball back and, uh, Big Ben hit a huge throw to Deontay Johnson, 39 yards for a touchdown. And that really swung the momentum. They finally started airing it out. And they have these good receivers, and Ebron's a solid tight end. So I was very excited uh, that they came back in that game. And really brutal loss for the Colts because now they're on the outside looking in, and there's potential that they go 11-5 and five and miss the playoffs in an expanded year. So it's, it's, it just shows how competitive the AFC is. And I had zero faith at all. Phil Rivers had his classic last possession down four, going for the win, um, and didn't get the job done. It just is something that we he has a very large body of work where we've seen that happen in the past, happen again in this one. And this today in general just kind of felt like the Steelers and Browns remembered who they were as franchises, just generally speaking. Another a brutal loss for the Browns. They lose to the Jets. It was never really close. The end they made it close, but Jets were in control of that game. Browns right now are sitting in the seventh spot. They play the Steelers next week. Do you think the Steelers are actually going to play anyone? Because there's a, right? Because, I mean, technically they could just rest, right? They don't have much to gain in the divisional spot, but they could knock out the Browns. And knowing Mike Tomlin, I feel like they're going to play people. Yeah, I think they would play people. And also being the two seed, Right now, the sixth seed is Baltimore, so if you fall to the two, or if you fall to the three, you'd have to play Baltimore. I doubt they'd want to play them again. They'd want to play the seventh seed, so maybe, I, I feel like they're going to play them, knowing Mike Tomlin, knowing that they're playing Cleveland, have a chance to knock them out. I think they revel in that, so it's a brutal loss for the Browns, but going back to the Pittsburgh game quickly, it felt like early in that game, the Colts could do whatever they wanted on offense. Jonathan Taylor started off the game really nice. And the Pittsburgh still can't run the ball. They ran for 20 yards in this game on 14 attempts. Benny Snell was six carries, zero yards. It's crazy. It's like incomprehensible that a 12 and three team is this in a, is this terrible at running the ball. And Big Ben was only sacked one time, so it's not like the offensive line is a complete travesty. Uh, they just can't run the ball. It's wild, but 
I feel like we, we, we haven't seen any, like, their level of incompetence when it comes to running with a team this, with a record this good. I feel like we haven't seen something like that before. They're so one-dimensional. They are. But going back to the Browns game, and this is a bad loss, obviously, for them. But they did have four of their receivers marked inactive because of COVID or close contact the night before the game. So that obviously threw them off. But the game plan was horrible. Uh, the Browns threw the ball 53 times. They only ran it 18. Nick Chubb only had 11 carries. Kareem Hunt only had four. And they weren't super efficient, but you still have to lean on those guys more, especially when your receivers are out. And they didn't even throw the ball to them that much. Uh, Kareem Hunt ended this game with three catches, 41 yards, but a lot of that was at the end of the game when they were trying to come back. Like early in the game, you would have thought they would have done a lot of screens to Hunt or Chubb, try to get the offense going that way. They didn't. They were lining up. Like, they had everyone going, and they were doing five receiver sets. It made no sense. Baker had the fumble at the end of the game on fourth and one, just a tough moment for him. Um, but I thought I thought this game was on Stefanski. Their, their game plan was horrible throughout. Yeah, the, I mean, the fact that they ran the ball so few times is a joke versus a Jets defense that we know against a run is pretty poor. Um, my to, to revert back, since there was... There's so much that happened this weekend in the NFL. Sunday scariest moment. I want to take it back to the Dolphins game from Saturday night and just go to Tua because Tua gets benched in a game where this was another one where the the Dolphins just seemed too obvious. It seemed way too obvious. We both were on it. It was a square play. Well, I'm at a hand up. And the Raiders are kind of in control of this game. Tua gets benched late in the game. Fitzpatrick comes in and really ignites this Dolphins team. Um, and they just like looked like they had another dimension with him. Um, and I don't know if it's the play calling. Obviously, the Miles Gaskin touchdown. Miles Gaskin made a play there, 59 yards. That's deceiving. Fitzpatrick threw the ball like six, eight yards, and Gaskin just broke it outside. But then the last drive to win, um, basically, they had the Miles Gaskin touchdown to go up by one, 23 22, because Daniel Carson missed the extra point just a minute earlier. Um, then, then the Raiders drive down the field. They kick a field goal with 19 seconds to go uh, to go up 25-23. Then Fitzpatrick has just an absurd throw where he literally has the guy's hands ripping his head off before he launches the ball 40 yards down the field. Uh, perfect strike. No idea what the Raiders are doing there, how he gets that open. One of the cornerbacks just was just like staying like 10 yards out. Uh, and I think Kurt Warner even commented on after the game. Made no sense. I um, mean, Jason Sanders had a 44-yard field goal to keep the Dolphins in control of their own destiny in terms of the AFC wildcard picture. They're now 10-5. and five, And they're in such a weird spot because I feel like in the NFL, you don't have teams that just don't know who their quarterback is going into Week 17 and a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, Flores said after the game or today that two is still the starter makes no sense they're so conservative with him it's very frustrating watching but they clearly don't believe in him and when Fitzpatrick came in he ignited them and this is this is a bad beat if you had Raiders money line but it's even worse beat if you had the under because the total in this game was 15 and a half it was 16 13 with under five minutes left to go to the game the under the under hits or the over hits it's a horrible beat and just the way the game ended, because it was so boring throughout. But once Fitzpatrick came in, it really got exciting. They tied it up with that field goal. And then the Raiders have a first and 20, and he heaves the uh, pass down the field to Aguilar. Aguilar pushed off a little bit, but they never call mm-hmm. it. 
and like that was like a surreal play. They missed the extra point. Then Dolphins get, and you're mad because that kind of hurts the Dolphins minus three because you kind of mm-hmm. need overtime at this point. Then the Dolphins get the ball back. Like you said, Gaskin has the crazy run after catch. Play. Yeah. They go ahead. They're up one. You think they've got it. Then the Raiders drive down the field. There's the a pass awful, interference. Yeah, I forgot about that. Awful PI on the Dolphins. Then the Raiders don't run into the end zone. And in accordance with this going on, I don't know if you watched this, Cody, but there was a bowl game going on between Liberty and Coastal Carolina. That was basically playing out the same way. And Liberty didn't run into the end zone either. And they ended up fumbling uh, at the end of regulation. So they almost lost that game. They ended up winning in overtime. But then you had the Raiders, who didn't score. You thought they played it correctly. But then Miami comes back, and Fitzpatrick has the insane throw. I had live bet Miami money line, so I was was very excited when that happened. But it's like all that happened, and you you go back and you forget that Carlson missed the extra point. The game could have been going to overtime. So it was a crazy game. It was awesome. So like you said, now Miami controls their own destiny. They play the Bills next week. I mean, they've had a brutal uh, schedule end here and this game eliminated the Raiders they would have been eliminated anyway today with the Ravens winning but to get eliminated in a game like this uh Jung- Jungerden has some great facial expressions on sideline it's it's a horrible loss they're they're just the Raiders are the perfect I'm sure the one they'll win next week I don't know who they're playing they're the perfect 500 team like very entertaining to watch the defense stinks the offense can put up points uh, their defensive line can get pressure and look competent at times, but they just like find ways to squander these games. We saw it versus Miami, saw it the week before versus the Chargers. It's just like they, they have trouble closing. And look at Tua stat line from the game in it. I was texting you, I was like, what? why is Miami, like this is, they're, they're so boring to bet on because they went 217 to 22, completed 17 passes for 94 yards. Fitzpatrick came in 9-13, yards. It's, it's I never just as simple as stat line, but I don't know. They, they need a they need to do something there, or open up the playbook with Tua. Let him take more shots, or maybe Tua doesn't feel confident. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I think it's a combination of a couple things. Like people forget Tua's coming off a pretty significant injury. Uh, his hip injury had at Alabama. And also, I think there's part of it where he's so afraid to make a mistake. And Kurt Warner kind of talked about it where. Fitzpatrick came in and like immediately he made a throw in a tight window and he said guys in the NFL aren't always open you kind of have to throw them open kind of alluding to Tua isn't doing that so I think he's conservative they're super conservative with him I'm not giving up on him as far as his career goes I still think he could be good but this is the way it's gonna go and you have Herbert and Joe Burrow who look really good especially Herbert that that hurts them but I still think Tua will end up being something and they have Fitzpatrick who's like the ultimate heat check guy off the bench. Um, But my Sunday scariest moment kind of related to a good thing for the Dolphins, but a bad thing for the Houston Texans. They lost again today, and they lost to Cincinnati, which in a term is bad because Cincinnati now has a better record than them. So Houston right now, if the season ended today, they'd have the third pick in the draft, but they don't have that pick uh, from the Laramie Tunsil trade last year. (laughs) So now the Dolphins currently own the third pick in the draft, so... It'd be a great season for Miami if they go to the playoffs, get to with some experience, regardless of what you think of him, get experience, and they get the third pick, potentially, and it's a guaranteed top five pick, I think, uh, going, going in to next year. It would be awesome. Houston plays Tennessee next week, and Tennessee's going to need to win that game, so they'll probably lose that. And even the guy who traded for Tunsil, you had to give him a huge contract. And he's, like, pretty good. He's not great. And the offense line still is terrible. So this is awful. 
And also building off Houston and something you tagged me in, uh, Bill O'Brien. Tough Christmas for him with that video. Oh my the kid, god, the kid it's crying. so bad. It's so he's he's so angry. <laughs> it's it's sad. I mean, Bill O'Brien wakes up on his you know Christmas with his family. I'm sure they're having a lovely Christmas, and he get he has to see that. Like he's getting dragged constantly. Um, someone tweeted that was like Deshaun Watson's like headspace. It's pretty funny, but it's my Sunday scariest moment. Texans, it's all bad, and Bill O'Brien getting dragged when he's not even there anymore. Did you see the video of J.J. Watt after the game in his uh, press conference? Yeah, it was beautiful. It was, it was. I mean, like, um, J.J., who, I don't know, I think his social media presence, it's easy to pick holes in it for the most part, but he was very real and like, you know what, like, we're doing a terrible job for the fans. We get paid a ton of money to do this. He's like, what are we, 4-11? We stink out there, all this stuff. And you got to, I mean, you got to imagine, like, just, you've spoken about it, just poor Deshaun Watson. This seems pathetic. And they're in really, they're in a really bad state. I mean, I know, I imagine everyone, if you have the chance to take the NFL GM job, you take it. But, like, you're not starting with much. I think you kind of have to trade Deshaun Watson. And, like, because that's your best asset. I don't know what, I don't know what your move is. Yeah, they they don't really have a lot of moves. I think J.J. Watt's probably gone after this year just because of his contract, and he's at an older state in his career. But yeah, I don't I don't know what you do with Deshaun at this point. He has a huge contract which he's earned, and he's good enough. But that team that team is in a between a rock and a hard place, and they have Bill O'Brien to thank. But let's move on to a game we previewed. Uh, Rams Seahawks. Seahawks won this game twenty to nine. I. The pick I gave out on our pod, which ended up hitting, was the under, which was really never in doubt. But I also did like the Rams also, which you did. And Jared Goff was so bad in this game. And to start the game, he was actually pretty good. And I was like, oh, we have good Jared Goff. He made a couple nice throws early on. But then he had an interception that really swung the game because it felt like the Rams in the first half were dominating. They were up 6-3, to three, but they were driving into the red zone. And Goff... I don't think it was, let me see what play it was on. It was on a first down. It wasn't on a third down. He, he, had, forces, he, had, he had someone open, like underneath. He had, I don't, even that, or he had like a six-yard run. He scrambles mm-hmm. out to the right and just throws an, a ball into the middle of the field. No one is there, gets picked off by Seattle. I'm not exaggerating. It might have been the worst interception I've ever seen. There was no one there. No one was near open. He throws seen, the, we've seen a lot of bad ones from Nick Mullins this year. Let's, let us not forget. I don't know. This this was terrible. Maybe because I had money on the Rams, it felt worse. But awful pick. The Seattle goes down, ties the game. And then Seattle kind of controlled the game in the second half. The, their defense continues to play really well. But Goff was so bad. He dinged up his thumb at the end of the game. I'm sure they'll make an excuse about that. But he's terrible. I can't stand him. Um, you, you go. I need, I need to calm down. Yeah, take a break. Take a break, okay? Um, he, <laughs> Tyler's drinking some water. He seems in a better mood. Uh, the issue with Goff, you said it, that interception was brutal. They had a bunch of momentum. They're moving the ball. I threw a bad pick there. Um, you knew at some point, despite the Rams defense did their job. They held Russell Wilson in this offense to 20 points. Rams offense have to be better. They also had, uh, Darrell Henderson. He gets tackled as he's essentially going in to the end zone by Jamal Adams. He gets hurt. He comes out. They end up getting stuffed on the goal line. And that was kind of it for the Rams. And I do I tweeted it out there, and I legitimately mean it because I've noticed it a couple times. Jared Goff, I think, is the worst QB sneaker in the NFL. Like, 
I feel like I would look the exact same way as him because he kind of gets it and he like goes forward with his chest up and then he kind of turns his back and he's like trying to essentially either get pushed in by the running back or hope that his offensive line gets a push. Like I, w- I would do the exact same thing because I'm not an, an NFL quarterback. He's six four, six five. Just get the Thanks ball. Thanks for and, clarifying and, that. Yeah, yeah. So, so you and the listeners now, that would be wild. Um he gets the ball just like you're 6'5. Take the ball, jump, and stick it out. Like your arms are long enough. You'll be fine. Like you just will. Just tell your offensive line, your center to go low and like give you some kind of space. He does that all the time. And I've got, I feel like I've gotten burned on that a couple of times this year. Now the Rams are nine and six. They're going to make the playoffs because NFC stinks. I mean, I feel like I probably mushed them because I put the Bills Rams future in um, two weeks ago and they been terrible since i still like this defense the run game they i mean they henderson's good and acres is good if he if he's going to be healthy but who knows there they they outgained this seattle team um it's just it's the Derek off effect it's it's the, that interception it's the turnover on downs i had and and that's it He's, he's so unathletic on the QB sneak, uh, on the goal line specifically. He's just like, he looks scared to go in there and like, do yeah, a like, Drew Brees. Like, like, do I, a, like I would look. Yeah, you would look, not me. <laughs> yeah, like, sure. Yeah. Sure. Top Drew, guy. Do, Top do guy. a Drew. Do how, a Drew. How, you do, how are you doing in your fantasy football like in your championship, by the way? I yeah. took a look. It didn't look so good. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady and Mike Evans go off for like 90 combined points. I, I, I There's nothing yeah. I can do. Were they on your team? Oh, they weren't. Oh, shoot. I didn't see you in the playoffs, but um, okay. let's get let's get back let's get back on track. Come on, um, Jared Goff. I mean, he just needs to do what Drew Brees does: just jump over and like extend the ball. Drew Brees is like five five, and he's been doing it for like fifteen years now. Like Jared Goff, you're a lot bigger and younger, and I'm you're pretty. R.I.P. Drew Brees. Yeah. It's like love him. Yeah. Um, Goff is pretty athletic too. He can move. It's just like it's unbelievable. He, so he needs weird. he needs to train under like Tom Brady for an offseason on the QB sneak because he's he's so bad and it really did cost them in the game. And they're just so frustrating. Like I don't love McVay, but I do feel bad for him because I feel like there's just a part of this offense he can't use because of how bad Goff is. Um, but get, give credit to Seattle. Their defense has dramatically improved from early in the season. If their defense is playing this way. It'll keep them in games because their offense is like kind of weird. I don't know. I don't know what to make of them. They were so good early in the year. Now yeah, they've, like, they've, come, they've slowed down. They've come down to earth. And if I like early in the year, like you could hit DK on a big play like any moment. They don't seem like they have that right now. And granted, the Rams' defense is good, but they're going to be playing good defenses in the playoffs. So I don't know what to make of this team. I think if the Rams lose next week to Arizona. And the Bears win. I think the Rams might miss the playoffs, so if, I don't. They're not. They're not locked in. Um, it's not a guarantee. Because Arizona is eight and seven. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah they, I mean they deserve to miss. If you lose, if you lose to the Jets, <laughs> and you can't win one of your last three games, you deserve to miss the playoffs. That's fair. Um, but let's take a quick break. We'll come back after the Sunday night game. We'll recap that game and give out our Grandpa Billy's bums of the week. All right, real quick, before we get to Sunday Night Football, I don't know how we could possibly forget about this, but quick lock of the week recap. We hit on Tyler's game a bit earlier, the under. 
in the Jets Browns. Congratulations, Tyler. What's your lock of the week record now? 11, 4, and 1. Pretty good. Um, like I, figured I said, I'd, I figured I'd pump you there. There were, yeah. there were a lot of people doubting if I would actually give out a real pick. Um, and, you know, I almost. Screwed. You've gotten. Do you feel like your record's a little bit of a fraud since you had this one that was very affected by COVID and you had the under in the Broncos Saints game also? Am I, am I just. You have am some I just sources? Have, yeah, I might just have sources out there, but I didn't. Uh, full transparency, I didn't bet it yet. Uh, at the number I gave out at 48, and then today, they, then they t- took down the line when the news about the Browns receivers came out, and I was like, I hate to see that. I hope they're okay, but it's also good for the under. Uh, but I didn't bet it, so it wasn't available at that moment. So I had to wait till today, and it went down to 43 and a half, 44 uh, to bet. So I, I still took it and still hit. Uh, the game was a little more high scoring, and a little bit of a be. sweat. Yeah, at the end, um, but never really in question too much. So. I moved to 11-4-1. It felt good. Hope to end strong next week. And you had an under as well that hit. I did. I did. Thank you. So I moved to 7-8-1. I feel like the Oakland Raiders, I have 500 uh, within within my sights. Uh, This one never really got going, which is nice. I had Brandon McManus miss field goal. Had a lot of long drives. Uh, Jerry Judy dropped a touchdown. Drew Locke did Drew Locke things. Um, and and this this was a classic Chargers game. They probably ran the ball more than they should. Um, didn't didn't let Justin Herbert really let loose. His numbers were solid: twenty one thirty three, two fifty three, and a touchdown. Um, they, I mean, they ran the ball to some average success. The bottom line is Drew Lock. As long as he doesn't throw pick sixes, you're you're normally in good shape um, with him. His numbers again were miserable: twenty four forty seven, two sixty four. No touchdowns, two interceptions, didn't get any help with Jerry Judy. But you have to imagine that those guys are probably a little bit burnt out playing with him at this point. So, yeah, that that never really came close to the number. And you know what, Tyler felt good. Yeah, that, that game was so boring. I had it on one screen on my computer. But, I mean, it's, it's good for an under that is boring. Keenan, right, Keenan Allen didn't play, which was one thing that I spoke about on the pick on bottom. Happy that came true. And then... It truly was the game where I was like, both these teams have nothing to play for, and it kind of felt that way when you watched it. They're just kind of going through the motions, and like one more week till we get to go on our tropical vacation somewhere. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where Denver goes from here. Drew Locke is terrible. Like, I don't think we need to see any more from him. I don't think he's their guy, their quarterback of the future. I don't know if they're going to bring back Fangio. Honestly, I don't know if they're going to bring back John Elway. He's kind of been on the hot seat the last couple of years, obviously a legend in the franchise, but since they won the Super Bowl, they have had zero success really anywhere on that team and especially quarterback. And they'll have a decent pick this year, but I'd be shocked if, if they're keeping Elway, there's no way they're going to let him take a first round quarterback again. Um, so I don't know if they'll bring in a veteran, maybe Jameis, because that team does have some talent at receiver um, and tight yeah. end. And so, defense and defense are solid. I mean, Bob Miller got okay. hurt. Um, yeah, but I don't I don't know what they do. I, I think they probably go after a veteran and try to patch it together to be competitive. But remember it, when they drafted? Remember when they drafted Paxton Lynch? What year would you guess that was? Uh, twenty sixteen. Yeah, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. some some career he's had. Not much of a career. Um, but yeah, your under hit, my under hit, so that was good. So two and zero in the locks of the week, and for the season records, we both have the Titans going into Sunday night, so it doesn't affect anything. We're tied right now. Did you know that? 
I did know that. Yeah, yeah. How about that? Thanks a lot, Philip Rivers. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Uh, we'll we'll watch a Sunday night game. We'll be back afterwards with our thoughts and grab a Billy's bum of the week. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Cody, we just finished watching the Packers beat down on the Titans on Sunday Night Football. Packers won 40-14. to um, I can't get this Titans team right. Neither can you. This team just continues to haunt us. I think I should have abandoned Chip when you said you liked the Titans this weekend and just flipped my pick to the Packers and totally faded my brain. The argument made so much sense on paper on the pick pod. Maybe that was part of the problem. Uh Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams were just unstoppable. They were essentially playing this game on rookie mode, Madden, where you're just getting those stats up, or even like <clears throat> one of those games uh, in college football when you have your quarterback, you're trying to pad his stats in the Heisman. Like, they were just doing whatever they wanted. He didn't even throw for that many yards, Aaron Rodgers, but the efficiency was there. And an element I didn't see coming. Um, the Packers were able to run all over this Titans team like it was it was way too easy to over 230 yards in this game 6.3 yards a carry i feel like the titans kind of got away from derrick henry a little bit they were still able to rush the ball pretty well in this game but they just had no answer for this packers offense we should have known the titans were a bad pick because they played really well last week this you just don't know what you're getting with this team as i said on the pick pod on a given week they could look like the best team in the nfl when they're clicking on all phases, but tonight they just come out and drop an absolute dud, and it seemed like they didn't know it was going to snow in uh, Green Bay tonight. They seemed so unprepared for the weather, and like you said, Green Bay was able to run all over them, and A.J. Dillon, when they drafted him in the second round, they got a lot of flack for it, and he hasn't really played a lot, but he's massive. He's kind of like Derrick Henry Jr. 
massive size. So if this guy gets going and you have Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams is back for the playoffs, having that three-headed monster, most likely going to have home field at Lambeau. They play the Bears next week. Um, they win that game. They have the number one seed. Going up to Lambeau, I know fans aren't an issue, but with the weather and if they're able to run like that and defense is playing as well as they did tonight, they're, they're going to be a tough out. So A.J. Dillon pick at the time didn't make sense, but coming down the stretch run, having a guy that's like a bruiser like that and really is pretty fresh because he hasn't played a ton. It's a, you know, a wild card element that they could just add to this offense. Yeah, Roger's stats this year are nuts. He threw the bad pick late in this game. The game was already over at that point. Um, and it was his first pick, and I think they said December or January. I don't know if it was specifically Lambeau or overall since 2015. That had to probably be at home. I didn't, I didn't see it, but that, that is crazy. He was, he was awesome. Like, he didn't throw for a ton of yards, but he didn't have to. They ran for 230 yards, but... I don't know in the playoffs when they face like a better defense if they're going to be able to get the ball to Devontae Adams this easily. It's felt like all year that's the game plan to stopping them, but no one's done it so far. He's incredible, Adams. I saw um, someone posted, if you bet on Devontae Adams to score the first touchdown in every Packer game this year, you'd be up 23 and a half uh, units. He scores the first touchdown like every game. Every week. Like. Every week. And it feels that way too. Every time he scores, I'm like, oh, of course, again. But like, why don't I think to bet it? But maybe that proves the point. And this Titans loss makes next week insane in the AFC. There's so many teams that are 10 and 5, so that will provide a ton of excitement. I was really disappointed by this game. I was really, we had the snow in Lambeau, which is always exciting. Primetime, Rodgers, Alan Chris at Lambeau Field. Um, the uniform contrast on the snow looked great. Like this is this is going to be a great game, and it just wasn't the Packers. I mean, the Packers even give their defense credit. Besides, really, that Tannehill long run, the Titans' offense didn't do anything. Yeah, Green Bay's been really good this year, getting off to hot starts, and they kind of sustained it throughout the game. Like I said, Tennessee just seems so unprepared, and is just one of those Titan games that come in. And you're like, okay, they're dropping a dud in this game. They didn't seem prepared for the weather. And you'd think this would be a team that would play well in cold weather with Derrick Henry in the run yeah. game. And they're good on play action. They have big receivers with Brown and Corey Davis. John Smith's pretty good. They just they couldn't get anything going. So credit I to mean, the Packers. And the Titans just have these games where they drop absolute eggs. But this loss really doesn't hurt them that much because they, they just have a win and they win the division next week scenario versus Houston so this wasn't like a game they really had to have would have been nice but doesn't really change much for them no no I mean they they scored to make it 19-7 at the end of the half I was like okay well it seemed like a bad half everything went wrong that could have went wrong they get the ball out of the half and they drove right down the field and scored it's like oh wow okay here we go but it just Rodgers and his Packers offense the run game really came into play it seemed like I don't know Tennessee was tired or whatever it was it's just a bad defense this year. Well, well, you know it was a huge play. They cut it to 19-14. Aaron Jones has that long run into the red zone. He and stepped he step, out of bounds. steps out. I mean, maybe they end up scoring anyway. They couldn't stop them all night. But I don't know how someone on the Titans, you know, sideline or in the bu- in the box more so didn't flag Vrabel to challenge that because they bring that back. Who knows what happens. But that, that was a big play. Yeah. But it, didn't, it, it, wouldn't, didn't it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, they couldn't stop him. <laughs> Now, yeah. so going into next week in the AFC right now, Dolphins are the five, the Ravens are the six, Browns are the seven, Colts 
or the team looking on the inside or on the outside. And so out of those teams, I guess, of those wild card teams potentially, Tennessee's ten and five too, but again, they just need to beat Houston to win the uh win the division. Like of those wild card teams, who would you like most not want to play as a division winner? Good question, Tyler. Um of those teams, so Cleveland, Baltimore, Miami. Uh probably Baltimore. I know it's been a weird season from them. Um, Lamar has not looked great, but as as it kind of gets colder out, I I like them. I like their defense. I know Ronnie Stanley's out for them, but just between those teams, I'm not a I'm not a buyer in Miami. If it continues to be Tua, Cleveland, I do like Cleveland, but I I don't think their defense is strong enough. And the Colts, we'll say. I mean, I don't I don't think they have a good shot. Right now, we'll see. We'll see. Cleveland, Cleveland easily could lose to the Steelers, and Colts could sneak in. But I'm going with the Ravens. What about you? Yeah, I mean, the Ravens are the team that you don't want to play just because they had such high expectations and they kind of faltered and they've kind of been under the radar and they're, you know, finishing up with a weak schedule. I still don't like trust Lamar really. They have like the experience, which is helpful. But honestly, I like Miami. I know Tua hasn't shown much, but that team. I've said it the last few weeks. Just weird things happens in their games. Uh, weird shit happens in Miami. It was in Las Vegas last night. But just weird things happen. That defense is so solid. And they just make big plays. And it's fluky that it might come down to earth next year. But for now, they're great at getting those plays that could swing momentum a game. So I like Miami. Um, I don't know what will happen. And in the NFC, so we have... We have the Bears right now at eight and seven. Somehow control their own fate in the playoff on Cardinals eight and seven on the outside looking in. But the Bears play the Packers next week, and they never uh, have a chance. And your Cowboys still have a chance in the NFC East. Yeah, do I get? You think I'll get re- refunded for all my futures if they win the division? Uh, I mean, if you took a division bet, but you're not getting that that team total. I mean, the fact they're in it, it's felt like. They've been ridden off a thousand times, and they've just they've kind of won a couple games here versus bad teams. But credit to them for beating the Eagles today because Eagles did have some momentum coming in. But let's wrap up with our Grandpa Billy's bum of the week. I'll go first. Mine pertains to the NFC East, and I'm going with Dwayne Haskins. Um, you know, off the field this week, he was seen at a party breaking COVID protocols. Uh, it's his, it's the second time doing it this year. Just there seems like there's some immaturity level with him since he's been there. So he's my bum of the week to do that with a huge game this week. Because if they beat the Panthers, they would clinch the division. And week 17 kind of doesn't put them in that stressful situation. And he comes out and he plays terrible. He's 14 and 28, 154 yards. He threw two picks. He also lost the fumble. If you're going to be doing stupid stuff like that and putting yourself and your teammates in jeopardy, and then you don't come out and play well. That's why you're a bum. Uh, so he's my bum of the week. I I think there's a chance he's off this team after this year. It seems like Ron Rivera like despises him, and I guess rightfully so. He's made a lot of stupid mistakes. So Dwayne Haskins, my bum of the week, just can't do that. So I'm hoping Alex Smith is healthy enough next week for that Sunday night game. Yeah, yeah, great choice. That's gonna be mine. Just the he's been dragged right last year. It wasn't a great rookie year out of him. This year. He starts a few games and then essentially gets like deactivated. They bench him. He's like not. They have Kyle Allen. They go with Alex Smith and actually look like a competent team under Alex Smith. 
comes back and again last week he looked okay at moments for Seattle. Then you're dumb enough to go to the strip club. He gets fined forty thousand dollars, and like it's a party and, with strippers. And 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 you can you can put all this stuff to bed if if you just play well and win this game. And he doesn't. He said it's the hardest week of his life, and I'm sure it's not great getting all the negative press and whatnot, and probably uh, pushback on social media. But like, at some point, you have to like look in the mirror and be like, I can be an NFL quarterback if I just like fo- focus and not totally screw up. Um, so he's he's an idiot. But what can you do there? Hopefully, Alex Smith winning a uh, Sunday night game and. Uh, carrying his team to the playoffs would be awesome. I, w- I would cry. It'd be a great moment. I guess it'll be 2021 at that point, but a great moment to end the regular season and I guess shortly after 2020. But Dwayne Haskins was a first round pick and 15th overall. I've never like, I can't remember a guy who's just seemed like so ridden off this early as a quarterback gets taken this high, but he's somehow done it. And the criticism, criticism he gets, he brings upon himself. Like he's making the bad decisions He's being photographed at these parties. At least if you're going to do it, make sure no one's taking a picture of you. Um, but he continues to make these bad decisions, so brings it on himself. Was that your bum of the week, or did you have another one? That was my bum, but I have a backup one. Um, going to the 49er game, actually, on Saturday, and the Arizona Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray had moments where he looked decent in this game, but this was a game the Cardinals had to have. Um to really, again, continue to make way in the NFC playoff picture. They have a tough matchup coming up this week versus the Rams, so it would have been nice to have that leeway, and they lose the game. And a game where the 49ers are starting C.J. Beathard, who I'll say is probably maybe a little bit better than Nick Mullins. George Kittle was back, but this team's absolutely decimated by injuries uh, throughout the roster. It's been well well discussed on this podcast and many others. Um and this, and they just continue to lay an lay an egg. Their offensive play calling is so, it's conservative. It's not creative at all, and it just like goes to show when you're watching this game. And I'm rooting for the 49ers to lose. And then it gets to be like midway through the third quarter, so I'm like, eh, actually, screw the Cardinals, screw Cliff Kingsbury. They beat us week one. Uh, this would actually be a pretty good kind of momentum win going into next year in the sense that, oh, well, you guys needed that win, played a little spoiler with basically our, our JV squad out there. Um, so Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, they're my grandpa Billy's bum of the week. Kyler Murray, Murray threw a terrible pick late in this game. He's great with his legs. It seems like even though they have DeAndre Hopkins, it's, he's still not all the way there as a passing quarterback. Yeah, he still has a little ways to go, and I think par- partially it's Cliff Kingsbury's awful play calling. Um, but, yeah, it, they're so conservative. It's like you have DeAndre Hopkins, Fitzgerald's still pretty good. Uh, Christian Kirk is nice. Like, they're so conservative. Everything is a short pass. They, like, rarely air it out. It's weird. But the 49ers really dominated this game. If it wasn't for Robbie Gold's awful kicking, would have won by two possessions. Um, they averaged seven yards per carry. The Cardinals were 4 of 16 on third down. Their defense played great, and I'm, like, bummed out that Robert Sala is most likely going to leave because he's done an unbelievable job with this defense. Last year, obviously, they were great. This year might be even more impressive given all the injuries and everything going on with, you know, the guys missing game because of COVID, them having to relocate to Arizona. What he's been able to do has been pretty awesome with this defense. So I was with you. I, want them, I wanted them to lose out, but, like, 
midway through the game, I'm like, F the Cardinals. Like, let's knock them out of the playoffs, hopefully. So this was a good step. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury is a bum. But then again, I tweeted out yesterday, we shouldn't, like, we shouldn't downgrade him. We should, like, uplift him. And he should be our idol because he's so incompetent at his job. Matt Mitchell, friend of the program, has stated how bad he is at the end of seasons. And this is, like, a seven-year uh, sample size, how terrible he is towards the end of the year. But he continues to get jobs. He continues to get paid. He lives in a great house in Arizona. It's like, you should, you should strive to be someone like that who's so incompetent at what they do, but somehow they keep getting paid. So maybe we've been looking at this Cliff Kingsbury thing the, the wrong way. Yeah, failing upwards. But uh, I think I think that's all we have, Tyler. You see, actually, I just saw a uh, full slate listener, Ethan Greenberg, texting me. Blake Snell got traded to the Padres, so good luck to the Giants. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.